0: Are we at fault for pastors being on pedestals?
1: Yeah,
2: just I, a it's it's a mixture. I think that that, and I think it goes back to that to that um, to the point of understanding, isn't it? Um, understanding, you know, um, the role that they're supposed to play in the posture of heart that I'm supposed to have from God's point of view, and that's why, obviously, read read the Bible and get <laughs> get understanding. Do you know what I mean? It's. Yeah. It, I think it comes with that. You know what I mean? Um, and I think. And it's not somebody else just merely saying it to you, you know. And I think a lot of the times in church, like growing up and stuff like that, it's this is what you are meant to be based on what I'm saying, do you know what I mean? But it's like, no, but what's your understanding of that? What's your insight of that? Like, how am I supposed to esteem the pastors? Like, how am I supposed to position them in my Mm -hmm. life? Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If I have that understanding and I'm clear about that, I will not have a problem with idolizing. However, I just think that in general, it is very human to put someone on a pedestal. Yeah. Period. You know what I mean? Like, look, like we don't know Beyonce personally. She has no jurisdiction mm. over our lives per se. You know what I mean? But all of us on this call—well, maybe some of us—I don't know where Eman stands with B. Yeah, but like all of us can say, "Yeah, I'm so inspired by her. Like, she's just so amazing." There's, there's a whole. Um, what do you call it? Is it the beehive? There's a whole beehive that will fight on the behalf of Beyonce. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Have they had a personal meeting with her? No, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. they've mm. seen something, they like it and you know, it is what it is. And so I'm saying that in general, we just have that, that tendency to do that, but it's about checking that and seeing like, okay, cool. Where do, the, where does this individual sit in my life and from God's point of view? Right. And there I can decipher the type of influence that they have over my life. Do you get yeah. what I mean? And okay. how I shape and form my opinions. I, Like I said, six years ago, I would have said, no, nah, they need to be. If I saw certain things that we are seeing now, and we've seen many things, obviously, with different pastors happen, I had a strong opinion. I'm like, nah, like, you know, and gospel artists and whatnot. I was like, nah. Like, look at, look at them. They're such hypocrites. You know what I mean? I had a lot to say, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But then when mm. you grow up and you have understanding, you're like, right. Like, this is just another human being that is struggling with something. And the only disadvantage is that they have an influence. Right. Mm. That's mm. the difference between you and I. Mm-hmm. There's no actual other difference except for the fact that you hold a position, you know, and like. I was gonna say mention their ne- the but anyway we don't need to go there but what I'm saying is is that like yeah they have a position do you know what I mean and and that's the only difference so I like, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you, but I think it's a mixture of things. I I can't say that it's, it's the just, just it's people. it's just this people yeah. and the leaders are no. I think it's a mixture, but I think what separates us or what matures us, you know, is understanding, learning God for ourselves, yeah. so we know how to filter particular things and then that when anyone falls or when anyone does something you know that we wasn't ready for you know despite yeah. us having a love for them and an admiration for them whenever they do it we can be we we're able to separate you know yeah. them from their shortcomings do you know what i mean we're able to have yeah, maybe good. a little bit more of grace for them because Biblically speaking, you know, love covers a multitude of sin. I have an understanding of that because of what God bestows upon me on my life daily, Mm. because I ain't perfect. I struggle. I cuss sometimes. And so it is what it is. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. They're just another human being going through it. Does it mean that I'm applauding what they're doing? Does it mean that I'm giving them permission? No, it does not. Mm. You get what I'm saying? So I think it's, it's, it's that.
1: And this is, this is, this is, like a mature, like a mature Christian view, shouldn't be. Oh, you see, it was, it was good. It, like, um, you know, it's good that you know they they yeah, they've been exposed <laughs> and they're and whatever. Yeah. Because, like, in terms of, and listen, listen to what I am saying. I guys that know me, you know, I'm all for accountability and calling and. Uh, something out when it is wrong. I am also a believer in consequences. Mm. But, but the problem is this is when that is the, that when we put the full stop there Mm. and we don't go like for someone that commits murder. Look, I've, 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 I've had a sin of working in prisons. Mm. I've worked with, with people who have done some of the most disgusting things in this country, especially young, young offenders.
0: Mm. But
1: then, they are now pay- they are now paying somewhat of a price it may not be it might not be equivalent to what they've done but they are paying somewhat of a price if i if i don't have the right to put a full stop on their lives and what and what god can do in in the view of salvation because at the end of the day it's god's will that none should perish but that all should come to repentance so mm. for for god it's like yes what you've done is wrong and there's a consequence there's a penalty for what you've done
2: yeah.
1: but This is not the end. As long as you've got breath in your lungs, Mm. there has to be something else. There's an option, and it's the grace of God. If you receive it, then there's eternal life. There's hope. There's a future. But Mm. then, if you don't receive it, there's a penalty for that. So I feel like when stuff like when when we see things happen, like for example, Ravi Zacharias, I was really upset with what happened. I was really upset with how things we allowed to go on for so long, how we could do such things to women all across his his ministry career. But the thing is this, it it reminded me, it doesn't matter how articulate you are with the gospel. It doesn't matter how many countries you've gone to. It doesn't matter how many platforms you go on. It doesn't matter how big your platform is. It doesn't matter how much money you've made from this thing. We are all in need of the grace of God. And Mm -hmm. so it reminds me All these big things actually don't mean anything if you don't remind yourself that you are in need of the grace of God. Because Paul says, take heed lest you fall. Take heed, guys, because you might think, ah, you know me, it's just me je with Jesus every day. Me, I can do no wrong. XY take <laughs> heed, my bro. Take heed, my sis, because tomorrow it could be something with you. You and, and, and let, let me tell you, as even as believers, you give into the flesh. Have you? I, I don't know if, if if believers have read Galatians 5 and 6. <laughs> Yeah. do give it to the flesh. See what it says the fruit of carnality is. Wickedness, perversion, sexual immorality, lying, debating, fighting, all of those things. He didn't say that Christians can't do that. He said that if you yield yourself to the flesh... Those are the fruits of those things. So take take heed, my brothers and sisters that think, oh, me, I can't do any wrong. And when you mm. remind yourself and then it goes on to say, but then it gives you an option. It says those that when the fruit of the spirit is mm. love, patience, kindness, all of those things. If you yield yourself to the spirit of God day by day, generally. Mind your own business. Pay the pay what minds you. Pay, I don't know the English. Pay I can't the business it. that minds you, bro. Pay the business that minds well, mind you. Mind the business that pays you. Mind, exactly. Mind when, Jesus, pays when Jesus said, take the log out of your own eye. You know why? Because in this day and age, it's easy to deflect social media because you have thousands of followers or millions of followers or hundreds of thousands of followers. It's easy to point the finger at you because you have the platform. But you that has the log in your eye is easy because no one's watching you. Mm. But that's the problem because Christianity is not about looking and deflecting. It's about introspection. Look Mm. at yourself and hold yourself accountable. Work your salvation out with fear and trembling. Mm. This is why when it comes to, if we circle it back to the initial question, when it comes to people walking away from the faith, Mm. when you do the introspection, you can't then base it on the fact that Bible study wasn't great. That the sermons that you heard in your church weren't great enough; that you weren't being fed enough; it wasn't too meaty enough; you weren't around enough deep people. It's you that will stand before God. It's you that has to take an account of your spiritual, uh, of your spiritual walk. Mm. And, and and we've been called to endure, yes, but you, it's a person, your past will not stand before God and sit uh, next to you when you're given account for your life and go, ah, well, God, I preached the uh, 10,000 sermons for this person, X, Y, and Z. Now it's over to them. No, you will stand before God and go, look, I listened to these sermons. I listened to X, Y, Z. I went to Bible study, but I didn't apply this to my life. I didn't ground myself and root myself in faith in Jesus. I rooted it in personalities. This is where we're getting this is where many believers are getting it wrong. Instead of rooting our faith in Jesus, we're rooting it in personalities.
2: My God. As much as,
1: as much as you love and honor Take your us leader, to the
2: offering, Take You us to are offering, rooting it in,
1: in a personality. And what happens when the personality falls? Your faith falls. Which mm-hmm. means which which means that your faith was rooted in on sinking ground. So for us as believers, we've got to take account. Yes, honor and esteem those who serve well and effectively. You will see this more time by the fruit of the spirit that is manifesting in their life and in their ministry and what people report of them. I'm not talking about, oh, uh, their sermons were great. No, 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 no. I'm talking about personal reports. Oh, yes, the way this man loves his wife, the way this person treats individuals, the way this person serves his community. That's what I'm talking about. Because more time, people only can only give account of preachers based on how good their gift is. Mm. Oh, I'm preaching now.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, you know I'm, what? I'm Gabs, it, yeah. Sorry, like, no, 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 it's good, it's good. I think, like, um, even with... Um, something that came to mind like you said a key thing Iman you said you spoke about consequences um and I think that part people usually often t- like take it out of the equation when it comes to God you know usually right. the question is like oh like you know God why wouldn't why why would you um, why is this person behaving the way that they are and like people are just allowing it and then they obviously they fall etc but I think it's important to understand that they in reality there is always consequences to everybody's actions so for example Example: David had consequences, right? Yeah, but yeah. it didn't stop him being king. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like it didn't, but there was a consequence to that. And we, and and you know, in 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 the scripture, after mm-hmm. he killed, murdered Uriah, do you know what I'm saying? Slept with his wife, etc. Like there was consequences to that. So it gives you an understanding that no, God is not someone that passes an eye and just you know what I'm saying, covers yeah. things like and just lets people get away with it. No, there's consequence, and we've seen that there's many pastors that have fallen and you know then it, it's not the same as it was before you know they're not being rewarded in the same way that yep. they were being rewarded before do you yep. get what i mean so yeah like i think that con like us having um having I guess a close eye on the consequence there is a consequence and there's probably other consequences that we wouldn't even be aware of based on what we don't see. Do you get what I mean? And also David had people around him that were like, nah, like why he thought he did it in secret like the prophet came and was just like, yo, bro, like (laughs) we know what you did. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's wrong and you need to repent. So I think that piece about accountability is really important. But what I do want to say is that when it, I don't want to negate you know, and circle back on what Gabs asked in the beginning. Um I don't want to take away from the fact that the reality is because people don't have that much of an understanding of who God is, his heart, you know, and how things should be from a scriptural point of view when it comes to church. Do you know what I mean? There is a psychological element um to you know the 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 effects of you know, as quote unquote church hurt, you know, and that's what I experienced. Do you know what I mean? And I had to go through deep therapy. Like I was having PTSD in church. Do you get what I'm saying? I would hear certain scriptures and I'm just like, like my body is shaking. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, because Mm -hmm. of what happened in the previous church, do you know what I mean? So there's a psychological, and it depends how deep it is. I'm not talking about, no, you know, they didn't say hello to me and stuff. Obviously that stuff matters, you know, people should be nice, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And all of that, make sure your hospitality is on point, you know, but I'm talking about deep stuff, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? That happened in that space. And so I think that we can't negate that, yes, there is a psychological element to also rebuilding faith after a particular ordeal. You know what I'm saying? Like that. If it looks like that for anyone listening anyway, mm. there is like, yes, go go to therapy. Talk it through, do you know what I'm saying? And but then there's another element of it, which Iman I I believe was alluding to in what he was saying in his sermon just now is you know that element of, you know, fruitfulness, you know what I'm saying, in terms of can you look at a leader like when you join a church and see the health of who they are? And I'm not talking about how well they preach, I am talking about how they treat their wife how they are with their children, like how they are with other, you know, leaders, how they treat them. Do you know what I'm saying? How they conduct themselves. Like the Bible says you shall know them by their fruit, like their character, how they respond to stuff. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm just talking more about, you know, the, 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 the essence of who they are. Like, do you know what I mean? Are they authentic? Do you know what I mean? Are, are they You know, humble, open, transparent in the words of our dear brother. Do you know what I mean? Are they hot? Like, you know, all of these things, I think in terms of someone who is thinking about, you know, rebuilding faith and putting themselves back in a space that, you know, um, of knowing God again, I think that that is a big, a key element.
0: I think that's good, and I think that's a that's a good segue to even talk about the rebuilding part, mm. um, because I think there is a there is a lot of people that obviously they might experience what you've experienced, especially what you mentioned in the beginning, season mm. There's a lot of people that has a that have experienced. Obviously, Church is probably a series in itself, but mm. there's probably a lot of people that have experienced similar stuff to what you've experienced, or just just things in general about the past, or about people in church you know people in church might not smile at them they might think people in church are fake all of a sudden it's you know Mm. Christianity is not for me and that sort of stuff so I think it's probably a good segue to actually talk about rebuilding and what that rebuilding actually looks like one and two how we can actually keep our faith despite things within Christianity not going the way you want it to so Mm. you know people in church might not be hospitable to you how does that how do we not allow that to deter our faith or deter us from Christianity? Because mm. obviously, I, I see that kind of happening a lot. You know, you ask somebody, "Oh, why don't you go to church no more?" Oh, people in church are fake, or <laughs> yeah. people in church did this to me, or they did that to me, um, and all of a sudden, like, and I'm not, I'm not even downplaying these experiences.
2: No, no, no. But
0: I just, I just personally, I just don't think these experiences should should shift us completely from faith or, or mm. automatically make us doubt who God is don't get me wrong you might have periods where you've got Mm. questions and that sort of stuff but to to no longer believe God completely because Mm. of something that man done it is a scary place to be in so how Mm. how do we kind of rebuild and and kind of you know progress from that place
2: Mm. I, I think you know what the reality is all of the things that you've stated all of the above like people can be fake you know what I'm saying blah 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 that could be true in one actually i do not deny it there's probably there probably are fake people you know what i'm saying like mm. we've all, we we could say we've all experienced that you know we've even been fake you know what i'm saying how are mm. you i'm blessed man but like at home you've been crying you know what i'm saying and and doing whatever and you're really struggling so like yeah you know what i'm saying these things do happen people can be rude do you know what i mean but i think for me um rebuilding first of all after that put when i okay so just to go back a little bit, when I went into that church um, that I was in, right, I was broken, I like, I was a, I was a hot mess. Do you get what I'm saying? I had mm-hmm. all types of issues. And so when I came into this space, it was a very close-knit church environment. So, you know, um, I saw, it wasn't that I was just seeing this pastor or, you know, his wife as a woman of God, man of God, you know, that God has sent them into my life. Nah, like I was looking at them as my parents.
1: You're Mm. talking about
2: an orphan has come to a church, has never had that. You know, I was made homeless at 16. I've been fending for myself. You know what I mean? I've been abused. I've been, this was presented to me as, this is safety, like this is stability. So like there was as much as there was that going on in, my, in, in the church in terms of what he was doing, there was a lot of other things that were happening in the, on the surface that when the, uh, when the church like, you know, broke down and, and all these things came out, it wasn't just that I lost a church home. Mm. I lost a family. I lost stability. I lost purpose, and that may sound deep, but it's that's why I said that sometimes church hurt, depending on how deep it is, is psychological, and so I I believe that the first. Part of rebuilding is healing yourself. I never say to people like after they've had an experience, whether it's as deep as that, or you know, as in our eyes, what we see as minor, you know, as someone not talking to them. For someone that's coming from maybe a broken background or from a background where they were always ignored in their home, that's a big deal for them. Do you get what I'm saying? And so, like, I can't, I, I don't want to like say it's minor or it's it's because it could mean anything. So the first thing. I always say is that you know what let's let's maybe not talk about the church I don't want to push you into church I want you to put I want to push you into authentic relationship with God so Sweet. work work on what you need to heal cuz this is obviously a little bit much deeper this is much deeper right so mm. see if you can talk that through you know through therapy etc but let's work on you knowing God for yourself and mm. once you can know and that's where I began I was like okay therapy. Yes. But I need to know this God for myself. I was going back to the ABCs. We're talking about, I came from prophesying and telling people, you know, about their life and whatever and thinking that I was that, I was that person. You know what I mean? To, mm. do you know what I mean? Not knowing whether I believed in God or not, or whether he spoke, you know what i mm. So I had to start from the bottom. And so I was like, who is God? Who is he in my life? Like, what does, what does it actually mean to be a Christian? Like Mm. the basics of it, you know what I mean? And it was from there that I could make, I could start making decisions about the type of space I wanted to be in. And it was from that place, I was able to decide that I'm not, and I believe Iman spoke on this, I'm not going to put the responsibility on anyone else in terms of my spiritual and personal growth
0: Mm, mm. you
2: give me the tools like the same way I go therapy you give me the tools but it's my responsibility to implement it and I think a lot of the times sometimes even it's not to put the blame game but sometimes it's like okay have you really implemented what what was said when it comes to you know that that context Do you get what I mean in terms of mm. like church in terms of learning God for yourself so I would say in terms of rebuilding in that aspect start slow you know what I mean maybe you don't want to go church on Sunday but maybe you want to join a small group first it's a little bit more intimate there's not that many people you can learn you can Get to know people on a more intimate level, and then from that place, become comfortable with actually being in the main church. Do you get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So it's just mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah.
0: No, I think that's good. I think what you said about the basics is very, very good. Imano or Aura, jump in there in in terms of the, the the basics and actually starting again. You know, asking yourself who God is in your life. What What do you think that looks like for yourselves? What What does the basics look like?
3: I'll take it. Um, for me, I I would say the basics are literally starting with the Bible, so no added extra from anyone else, but trying to just read the Bible for what it is, which is a story which depicts the fall of man, how how sin came to be, how how God sent Jesus to redeem us from sin, so that we now have eternal life. And reading that, reading the Bible like that, so that you you can get answers to these questions: Who is God? What is His character? Is he loving? Mm. How do we know he loves us because he sent his son Jesus to die? And we can see throughout the Bible the various times where God God constantly redeems us, human nature, over and over again. You see it with the Israelites, they fall consistently, but God still delivers them every single time. And using the Bible to answer those questions about the character of God so that in the future you can't be deceived by other people because you Mm. know the character of God for yourself.
0: Mm, mm. I think that's good, yeah, for real. Iman, what's your thoughts on that as well? Is Iman even still with us?
3: <laughs> Probably got babysitting duties. <laughs> <laughs>
0: For real, even the little ones laugh. For real, <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's true. Yeah, I've literally been multitasking this entire time. So bear with me, guys.
0: No, you have to. Sometimes you have to. But no, I think that's good. I think that's good. I think the I think um the 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 basics is definitely good. And I think uh, Susan definitely what you said about <clears throat> rebuilding. I think that's very very key. Um, talk on the on the fellowship aspect. Do you think in terms of rebuilding, you should rebuild alone or do you think one needs uh, mm. people around them? Because I do find that obviously once when somebody does kind of get to that place where they start questioning God or questioning their faith, mm. they almost remain in a place of seclusion and they don't want to talk to Christians or they don't want to yeah. speak to people of the faith. Mm. Um, is Do you think that's healthy? Do you think people need to do it alone um, so they can obviously do the basics alone? Or mm. do you think they need people around them to obviously usher and guide them through
2: Yeah, no, I think that, um, especially when obviously the, the, you know, the hurt has come from people, you know, um, I do believe that that type of stuff takes time, you know, like getting embedded straight away into a fellowship that takes some time. Do you know what I mean? But I do think like God is an advocate of community you know, we went, we weren't made to be alone. Um, we weren't made to do this, this faith thing alone. Like he, God desires us to be with community. He desires us to not even just have community in the tents of, you know, um, church, but also in terms of friendship with people, you know what I'm saying? So that's mm-hmm. really important, but I do think that a big, uh, a, a a part of our spiritual growth has to do, has to have the community aspect connected to it, you know, the edifying, the, the sharpening of one another. And so, yes, it's important. I, I just think that usually Um, I just think that usually, um, maybe start with the one person, do you know what I mean? Confiding in one person, one person that you feel you can trust that, you know, has the same desire to grow in the things of God, um, And, and start there, you know what I'm saying? And then Mm -hmm. build upon that place. But I, I I do believe that the very place that hurt you is the very place that God can heal you. But that doesn't always look automatic. Like, okay, I'm just going to move to another church and then like, or be in another fellowship and then everything is going to be okay. Yeah. You know, mm. no, it's not. It doesn't look like that. Sometimes it starts with the one person that you trust. And I think it feeds into this whole thing of this is now perspective, that it's not everyone in the community that's going to be your best friend. Mm. They're not gonna be your friend, friend like that. You know what I mean? I don't even think that God desired it that way. As a whole, can we sit down as we are on this podcast and talk about the things of God and edify other people and edify one another in the process? Yes, but are you my best friend? No, you're not. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you're just not, and that expectation shouldn't be there. And so I think there is an element of managing expectations in those contexts as well and identifying and and seeing, okay, cool, who is my friend and who is it someone that I just really do fellowship with and, you know, they don't necessarily have my heart in such an intimate way. This is just merely upon edification rather than it is in terms of me giving my heart over me giving the things that are worthy to me into your trust that's trustworthiness right so Mm. i think when it comes to it's just identifying who you can trust first and then building your way into a place where you feel safe enough to be in community Mm. Mm. that's
0: definitely good that's really good that's definitely good jumping in in that amen in the, in the rebuilding, what does rebuilding look like um, um, for for you personally, and how would you encourage those people that might be in a place where they're questioning God and questioning faith?
1: Yeah, uh, rebuilding is is reevaluating what you think this this Christian walk is about. Um, I know some people use different metaphors, like a race or the Christian race or the Christian marathon or the Christian walk. Um, I I more time refer to it as a walk. Um, You're not in competition with anyone. And if there's a common or consistent thread from the beginning, even from the beginning, I'm not even just going to say New Testament, even in the Old Testament, one thing that is a consistent theme is endurance. That's why the patriarchs and the matriarchs of the faith um, were, were remembered because they endured, they waited out, even though they didn't see the promise, they still walked it out with God, trusting that he would, even if they didn't see in their lifetime, they would see something that others would see, um, you know, in the future. And history would record, you know, because of their faithfulness, you know, people were able to, to reap the rewards of their endurance. And so I want to encourage someone today, you know, in the in this walk of faith, you are not in competition with anyone. It's you and Jesus day by day, and so where 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 we ought to look at is you know for you what are what are the the the, the challenges that you faced or the hurts and the pains that you faced, and as much as you're going to need to get practical help uh, from a counselling perspective, you're also going to need to revisit the Bible and and re uh, re look into what. Are the specific things that you know you were challenged on? So maybe if it regard mm. in regards to faith, because faith is a big one. You know, what does prayer actually mean? Does prayer mean that you know, you, 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 for example, this is a common one where maybe some people they prayed for a loved one who they thought was you know you know going to stay alive, that God was going to heal them, and and they didn't. Um, but they saw for other people that you know. It, they prayed and it worked and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, but God, this person was good in X, Y, Z. And I'm just using this as an example. So then let's now look at prayer. Let's now look at the ministry of healing mm-hmm. and what that looks like. Let's begin to, to, to contextually look at it from the beginning of the scriptures to end, the end of scriptures. What are the consistent themes? What are the consistent messages that, that mm-hmm. God is always trying to come, convey when it comes to the message of healing if it's leadership failures and stuff like that let's look at what the bible says about leadership especially in the new testament what does the bible say about leadership what does the bible say about the stand that the standard of leadership should be all of those kind of things so that we're beginning to immerse ourselves in in god's word about it and not just listening to it i I was um listening to something this week and um you know, the, the teacher was like, look, there's there's a reason why when the Bible talks about, you know, the Bereans and it says that they searched out the scriptures. Mm-hmm. I, I really feel like in this day and age, there's a lack of urgency to search out the scriptures for ourselves because we're so easily handed content on a plate. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of, whether, whether people realize it or not, like Technology is meant to be an asset. It's meant to be a secondary tool to to aid you. I'm talking from a Christian perspective. It's meant to be a secondary tool to help you grow in your faith. Technology Mm -hmm. isn't going to grow your faith. It is there to help you, right? Mm -hmm. But what we've now done is we've become slowly, so reliant on technology that we're not doing the work ourselves. It's like if there was an app, if there was an app that could pray for you, right? So many people would have downloaded that app (laughs) because it takes the responsibility away from you. Ah, Someone's praying, "Ah, uh, Lord, give me my daily. And all you have to do is amen. uh, Even though we might find it funny, don't be surprised. In the next 10, 15 years, don't be surprised. There will be an app. It will be a prayer app. And people will use that, the daily prayers from the app and just say amen watch save this save this save this podcast episode i'm telling you something why
2: don't you make it even i'm not, make,
1: I'm, not make, I'm not making it for anybody because you need to as, as our parents said open your mouth and pray like you need to open your mouth and pray but the point i'm trying to make is that we're becoming slowly relying on the content that we're giving is good but it is supplementary yeah. If you don't take care of yourself and your spiritual walk, like you can't turn around and say, oh, but so-and-so said, you know, in their Instagram post, no, what did Jesus say? What does the word say? And we're, we're in a generation where, once again, this is why as much as people will be like, it's, it's like what kind of like what Sis said, like as much as people will be upset with, you know, these preachers and whatnot, a lot of the upset is because, People believed as much as they're deflecting and saying other people believed. they also believed themselves and they were disappointed. So rather than you being disappointed uh, because you're just channeling all your energy into a personality, channel your energy and focus into the person of Jesus and your relationship with Jesus Christ. So that anything that you have, your failures, your pains, your pressures, you channel it to him. Because a man or a woman can't save you from those things. A man or a woman will get stressed hearing all your problems, but Jesus never gets stressed. He never feels offended when you're upset, when you're hurt with Him. He doesn't feel away, He's not insecure. Oh, well, why is this person upset with me? Oh, this person doesn't like me. Oh, this person doesn't trust me. Jesus is not insecure. The Bible says in Hebrews that he understands our pains and infirmities. Mm-hmm. We have a high priest that understands. Think of Jesus when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. When mm-hmm. Jesus said, Lord, this cup is too heavy. If, if possible, let this thing pass over. Your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, said that. So what makes you feel like Jesus doesn't know what it means like to feel pressed under faith? Like There's nothing to suggest that. Jesus is showing you that even him, even he had hard times. But what did he do? He went to the Father. He didn't go to the 12 disciples. Ah, guys, start a prayer ring. Start a prayer chain. We're going to be praying. There's nothing wrong with prayer chains, by the way, guys. There's nothing wrong with that. But he didn't go to his disciples first. He didn't go to mommy first. He didn't go to Joseph first. He didn't go to the priests and the rabbis first. He didn't go to the Pharisees first. He went to the Father. First, because the father understood his needs. And then the father gave him rest. The Bible talks about he had a peace and then he stopped praying and then he went. Because the mm. father, because the father gave him the strength. Same with Paul. Lord, let this cup pass over me. This this thing that's inflicting pain in me. Then he prayed a couple times, but then he gets the peace. From who? God. My grace is sufficient for you. And that's that's where I'm gonna end. God's grace is sufficient for you
2: that's so it's good. sufficient
1: that's that's it mm. end of end of sermon
2: no that's mm. so good guys can I I want to say one yeah, more thing on, though, cool, to please. the rebuilding aspect i think also i think one of the things that i really struggled with when you know i was healing like from church to her and trying to heal my faith and all of that was I wanted to be the same person I was from before. or I felt as though I had to be that person. Do you know what I'm saying? So
1: mm. like
2: I had to pray the same way, but I had no desire to pray, if I'm really honest. Like I didn't want to pray. Um, I wanted the same, you know, desire to read the Bible the way that I did, you know, like I want to read the whole Bible in a year <laughs> type of thing. Like I wanted that same edge, that same fire, that same desire to be in a setting, you know, with other believers, but I didn't want that. And the reality was, was that even though I was trying to be that, and there'll be times I'll wake up and I'll be like, right, today, yeah, I'm going to pray for two hours. Do you get what I'm saying? And I'm going to pray in the spirit and all of the stuff that we like to, you know, calabash heavens and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Right. But the reality was that's not what God desired from me. He didn't Mm -hmm. want that. He didn't want the old me because he understood there was a new me based on the experience that I encountered. And that's the thing about life, right? Life, has many ebbs and flows. And within those ebbs and flows, life has a way of that will definitely change us. Do you get what I'm saying? And so Mm -hmm. within that, I had to recognize that, you know what? God loves the me now, as much as he loves the me that will get to a place where I actually desire him. And so I can Mm -hmm. start from that place. Do you know what I mean? Like my, my, my prayers were not me praying in the spirit for hours and doing whatever. No, my prayers look like God, I don't I don't really I don't even know if I believe you. I don't know if I even feel you. I don't even know if your voice is real, you yeah. know? I'm really struggling. Like, there is a lot of pain and, you know, hurt. And I feel betrayed by you, you mm-hmm. know? You should have told me. Like, if, I, if you love me, then why didn't you tell me that this was going to happen? I'm angry, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And guess what? God honoured that, you know? Mm-hmm. The, the Bible says that, you know, that, you know, it's, he doesn't, it's, it's not the burnt offerings and stuff it's, it's a broken and a contrite but, heart, oh. like, you know, mm-hmm. that we can come to him with our weaknesses as bro said, you know what I mean? You can come to me with your weaknesses. I won't, despite, I actually sympathize with it as opposed to me rejecting it. And so I'm in, I'm inviting that. And so the more and more I was vulnerable and I was real and I was authentic, is the more and more that I could grow in my faith. And also I could learn the heart of God that Psalms 139 is not just a passage that is popular mm. but it actually says that he understands me mm. Yeah, like even if I make my bed in hell yeah. like he will be there with me do you yeah. know what that speaks to in terms of God like yeah. it shows that he's passion for me you know yeah. that in whatever season I'm in he is for me yeah. that speaks more volumes than it being a popular scripture so whilst everybody mm. else is trying to quote that because it's the one that everybody knows I know it intimately because it allowed me to know the heart of God in Mm. that season where I did not want him. I didn't want him. You know what I'm saying? And so Mm. I think like, it's being that real and raw. Do you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and that's not always for everybody. Not everybody that is human will understand that, but God does yeah. and he invites it. So we rebuild from that place. Mm-hmm. We don't rebuild from the person that we think God wants us to be. No, yeah. we rebuild yeah. from the person that we are today. Yeah. And if we can run in that vein, then the things that we thought we could not triumph over, we can triumph over it in one way, shape or another. Cause we're actually walking with God. Yeah, it's man. not a plating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is real for me. Mm. And I know him because he was there in the darkest moment and still chose me. That's good. So, mm. That's good. Yeah.
0: That's good. That's very good. We're going to we're gonna close soon. Um, usually, Eman gives a scripture um, to close. But Susan, I'm going to leave that with you. So have a think. Have a little think of, of what, what scripture you want to close with. But before we do that, Iman and Oreo, we will start with you, Iman. Just um, jump in there, and speak more on the um, on on being real with God and what being real with God looks like for you, because I think what Susan said, they proper hit the nail on the head, and I think it's very very important that we do kind of get in that place where, if we are in that moment where we're questioning God, it's it's imperative to be real with God. Um, but what what for you, speak on on, on being real with God and what that actually looks like for you.
1: I think one of the one of the best examples and a lot of people use it you know so much but they don't understand the gravity of it is um oh is, is, is the psalmist David've um, mm. I've never seen someone so wild so so yeah brazy so someone who who knew he was gifted, someone who knew he was buff, someone who knew he was a good leader, someone who knew that the ladies loved him but the men respected him. But still, you know, he 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 went off on a different tangent. In some ways, you know, he was very you know bloodthirsty. Even he was a great mm-hmm. warrior, but he 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 killed so many people. That's even why God said it's it's not your hands that will build the temple. I'm going to give it to Solomon to build. But and he you know he killed a, a next man's wife. Like he did so many different things. But the Bible says that he was a man after like God's own heart. And we see in the Psalms, like, bro, like I I always tell my guys at City Worship, I'm like, if you read the book of Psalms, like every every other chapter, the guy has problems. The guy has issues. But then he's like, but the Lord rescued me. But the Lord healed Mm. me. But the Lord delivered me. And then he'll be like, Lord, deliver me from our enemies. They're raging. They're coming up like, you know, it's like a storm, like very poetic. But, and he's doing that every like other chapter. Lord, the nations are re- like, my, my pagans are onto me, but da, 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 but you, Lord, rescued me. Mm. And it's like, in this moment of time, like we have to, one of the things that I've realized and I, I've been deep and I was talking to my wife about this the other day. I, I don't feel like we understand the effects of living in a fast paced world and how that has Im- impacted our spiritual walk. Because life is moving so fast, because there's Uber Eats because there's boats, because there's I can there's there's I can order um, next day delivery. Everything comes to us fast. We're reading tweets in real time, we're seeing content every every second. Mm. We're getting stuff to us so fast that we don't realize that actually our spiritual life is important, and we can get sucked into like a whirlpool of content and technology and gossip and chit-chat that we actually forget, wait, hold up. My soul is in need of help. My soul is in need of healing. The reason why loads of people don't want to go counselling is because it's like, I've got work to do. I've got bills to pay. I've got stuff to, I I don't have time to unpack all and unearth this. That's what a fast-paced mentality will tell you to do because you're only thinking of the things that it's going to hinder as opposed to thinking, actually, what things are if I get the help that I need now imagine how much better these things that I'm involved in or these things that I'm doing, imagine how much more healthier, imagine how much more better these things are going to be as a, when, as a result of me getting my healing. And I feel like now, why it's important to be real with God is because society or West, West, Western church has p- portrayed this image of Christians. We have it all together and we pretend like we look like Jesus as opposed to authentically looking like Jesus. And that's why when people ha- take digs at the church, like as much as there's a lot of agenda-fueled stuff, a lot of the time I think, you know what? Maybe the people that have been running and playing games with Jesus will take this as a wake-up call and go, you know what? Do I actually seriously have a relationship with Jesus? Or have I, have I seriously hashed out the conversations that I need to have with Jesus? Have I had those conversations? Have I dealt with the issues that I've got? The concerns I have in the faith, about my faith in Jesus Christ. Have I really spoken to God about that? Have I really sat with him and received the healing that no one else can give me? Or else, what? everyone else, there'll be other religions. There'll be, what, what we're seeing and now, we're seeing a rising spiritual agendas, you know, whether it's from manifesting to, you know, to stones, to incense, to going back to, um, ancestral religions and stuff, be- everyone's looking for the quicker alternative because it seems easier. It's a quick fix, but the issues of your soul we're running away from. So my, mm. my, my encouragement to, to, to you, brother or sister would be today Being real looks with Jesus looks like this. Your honesty and and openness, yes, that 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 is necessary. But are you willing to receive the answers that maybe will challenge you and prick you and make you feel like oh, actually, my perspective needs to change? Or, oh, Mm -hmm. actually, I needed healing. But I was so full of myself, I was so caught up in my own agenda, and I was so caught up in the real life scenarios that I went through that I couldn't actually see that what you wanted to do. And that's the heart of Jesus. Jesus's heart was always moved by compassion. So I don't know why in 2022 people think otherwise. Maybe it's because Christians have misrepresented Jesus Christ to us. But the Jesus that we read of in the Bible, his heart was always moved to touch people, to heal people, to meet Mm. people at their point of, of their need. So that's Jesus for you today. He wants to meet you at the point of your need, whatever it is. Nothing is too big and nothing is too small for Jesus. That's
0: good. That's good. That's good. And before we give him um, season to give the scripture, alright, you got any final 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 words, final thoughts?
3: <laughs> to be honest, there's not much to add to what Eman said. He literally <laughs> hit the nail on the head. And my little guest in the background is probably not going to be quiet long enough. So <laughs>
1: prophesy, <laughs> prophesy, right. prophesy, prophesy,
2: prophesy, <laughs> prophesy.
0: <laughs> I thought as much. Um, Susan, you want to give the scripture?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, Psalms one three nine. What I just spoke about. Um, I'll read it from um, verse one. It says, "O oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm a far when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything." I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the furthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Um, and I guess like with that scripture said and spoken, I think it just gives us insight to the pursuit that God has for us. And the fact that in no matter what version of us we present to God, like he knows it, And he also welcomes it. Um, And further down in that scripture, as it speaks about, you know, you made me, you formed me, you know, all of my days. it's, It's an affirmation that even the most rugged and the most beautiful parts, you know, God is aware of it, you know, because he was there, he made it, he wove it together, do you know what I'm saying? So I just want to really encourage anyone that even on your worst day, God calls you beloved, and it's a journey for a reason, it's not a destination right now here on earth, and so ride the journey with the Lord, you know, so
0: yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen, indeed. That's amazing. Thanks for coming on the pod, Susan. Really, really appreciate you. Your wisdom, thank your you words, your encouragement, man.
2: Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you. You were ever so kind to me, so thank you.
0: <laughs> it was thank overdue, to be fair. It was. It but was. And guys, thanks for listening. Really do appreciate it. That's obviously the end of the faith series. We proper appreciate you, especially if you listen to every episode. Um, there's definitely a lot of gems that, that was released throughout this whole series, so thanks a lot for for sticking with us and listening throughout. I know you might have missed the banter and all of the jokes, but sometimes we've got to switch it up and, and give you the good gospel, man. Um,
1: My gosh. <laughs> My gosh. <Dumb> one. <laughs> so thanks
0: everybody for listening. I'm sure uh, well, we're not going to see you, but we'll see you in the next episode.
1: See ya. Peace. Peace. Relax, tell me what's on your mind